Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast podcast for your regularly scheduled episode of Stat Nerd Thursday. Dalton, this is the last uh, Stat Nerd Thursday of the season, unfortunately. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, I'm Matt Harmon, uh, joined every week, as I said earlier, by Dalton Del Don. Uh, Dalton, how you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? Doing well, yeah. Time flew by, man. I can't believe the season came and went so fast. Yeah, I know. It's it's wild. Um, although I'm still not used to... I, I was, like, mentally thought I was ready for this, although now that we're actually in week 17 and, like, it's not just we're pulling up on the brakes, you know, uh, content is slowing down. You know, I'm used to, like, okay, it's Christmas. Christmas is over. Um, I don't care about fantasy football anymore, but uh, we still care about fantasy football, Dalton. Are you in any... um? Any big sweats this week as it comes to fantasy? I am in a few. Yeah, not as many as I uh, would have liked. But um, but yeah, I, I am in a few uh, this, this weekend. And uh, obviously, my, my 49ers are in a weird spot, too. Is Trey Lance starting or Jimmy G? It's like refreshing yeah. the practice reports. How did he look as we record this? So still plenty to follow. I do hear you, though. As I say, it did come and go quickly. Um, it is a weird spot now. It feels like it should be over. It's Christmas. And I am definitely ready to wind down but here's the fantasy championship so yeah we have to <laughs> yeah. we have to, to to buckle down for one more week and it's a weird week as ever uh but we'll get into all that uh as it comes up one news item i just wanted to talk about because i know uh the guys recorded yesterday uh and this news broke after we recorded our podcast yesterday uh you know obviously john madden uh passed away yesterday unexpectedly that was the was the news note with it uh, at 85 years old you know his big documentary or um you know the all madden program was just about to come out um so very strange universal timing there but dalton one thing from the announcement that the nfl the statement that the nfl made um coming out coming out of this that really caught me uh was you know from roger goodell nobody loved football more than coach he was football and just that idea he was football was stood out so much to me usually i mean i these statements and stuff like it is what it is but i don't know i thought that was so fitting for john madden because i feel like a lot of the quote professionals in the industry that are around my age group um you know i did uh the backyard banter podcast years ago where i talked to a lot of folks that in the industry how they got their jobs how they ended up falling in love with football one of the like key takeaways that you know kept coming up was uh, I became obsessed with football by playing Madden. You know, uh, there are a lot of old interviews with John Madden where he talked about like he didn't he was very, you know, pushing on EA that this needed to be like a realistic football game. You know, when I was like in elementary school, that was when NFL Blitz was like super popular, which is just like an absurd, uh, <laughs> an absurd like take on the reality of football. Madden, when you started playing that is like, oh, man, this is like this really does feel like playing, you know, playing football. So Obviously, like, the, you know, folks that are like, I'm 30 years old, like around my age, a little bit older, you know, we all associate John Madden with the video game and, and you know, falling in love with football that way. But of course, like before that, he was like the greatest broadcaster of all time. Before that, he was an incredibly accomplished coach. And I think that is the, you know, we use like the word icon or legend so loosely now these days like John Madden literally is an icon of football. And I think his greatest achievement is cultivating multiple generations of football fans in really a unique way that I don't think uh, we've seen before. And I, I, we will never see again, most likely. 
yeah, his career coaching records, like the greatest ever. I'm not uh, quite that old to remember, but I am older than you. And I do remember him as a broadcaster, very charismatic, very memorable. I've been loving going through the Twitter timeline, watching the old, old yeah. clips of him. I mean, he was, uh, yeah, super, uh, just a personal guy. And it was funny that he would just take the Madden cruiser across the country everywhere he would travel. <laughs> yeah, he would yeah, never, yeah, he yeah. was, a, you know, uh, didn't like to fly. Um, he was even a local where I went to to high school. Shout out Bruno's, Bruno's Market. I ran into oh, him yeah, a couple right. multiple times. He's a really nice guy in person. So uh, sad, sad to hear uh, Madden going, but I uh, love John Madden. And yeah, the video game obviously is going to be his his lasting legacy. I mean, it's a awesome game that we all grew up playing, and it's still you know the best, as far as I know, the best uh, f- uh, football game out there to play. So yeah, yeah, sad to hear about Madden. Yeah, go go ahead and place your bets on uh, John Madden being on the cover of the video game next year. I'd I'd go ahead and uh, I'd go ahead and put you know no cover athlete, just John Madden. I'd go ahead and bet on that one. Uh, but yeah, man, I think that that's just uh, I, I weirdly like I don't I don't really get too emotional about like celebrity passings. I mean, unfortunately, you know we've had a lot of. Uh, a lot of like sports media figures pass away this year, including uh, Jeff Dickerson from ESPN just passed away yesterday as well. Like we've had, you know, a t- even our own Therese Paler, you know, Chris Wessling, like it's just been a hard year, I think for the sports media uh, industry, obviously, you know, John Madden's like a Titan. I-, I weirdly found myself like a little emotional about it just because he does represent like a game that we all love, not the video game, but like the game of football. And like my, my, I guess, coming of age as a football fan intersected with both the end of his broadcasting career. And then obviously like, I mean, we all want it like franchise mode uh, in Madden. That was like a drug back in the day, man. Like, you know, that like me and my best friend used to sit there and we draft the fantasy teams. And then, um, you know, within the same division, like he was the Washington football team. I was, you know, Dallas or something. I mean, that was sickening. I didn't enjoy being Dallas <laughs> any any second of the day. Like I was Carolina. He was you know, New Orleans, we'd be in the same division with each other, sim the rest of the season just because we'd face each other with our fantasy teams. Like, I don't know, man. I, I just found it like it was such an interesting time to like reflect on on his legacy. And I think also just like what the game means to all of us. Like we we can lose ourselves, I think, in the in the individual like week to week matchups of fantasy and like tilting about other stuff. But I don't know. I, I just really love the love the game of football. And I think that, you know, John Madden such a key part of that to all of us and like yeah again just what a literally like legendary iconic figure uh, a word that we, again we use too much uh in today's day and age all the time but yeah i think that this was like that he is he is the like i said the, the nfl statement really was great and just he was football for so many people no well said he will be missed and yeah next thanksgiving i'm gonna have to see if they still make a turducken in, in honor of him and try to get one of those but uh yeah man uh i'm with you man i, I was a big fan of big fan of madden i was watched a, you know I'm, I'm very active no i'm not very active i don't post anything but I, i'm very i'm a lurker on you know like barbecue tiktok food tiktok that type of stuff a few of the folks uh out there were making turduckens this nice. past year and i was like i thought i thought i was thought to myself like I will never do that. That looks way too hard and way too uh, like involved. And now you're right. Maybe next year for Thanksgiving in honor of John Madden, I'll, I'll try to fire up one of the smokers and make a turducken and probably fail miserably. But um, that that is a, is a whole nother discussion. But anyways, yeah, I, I just wanted to discuss that for a little bit. I think, you know, just again, what a legendary figure. And, and he, as you said, he will be missed. But uh, moving on into week 17 of the 2021 season, our current reality. There's a few stats I want to go over this week. I think that are super pressing uh first of all i wanted to start off with you know sometimes dalton as i'm sitting watching games on sunday i think man i can't wait to look up x stat about a certain team and then talk about it with you on this show uh the one that stood out to me this past week was i gotta see like let me dive into the Bengals offense this week and you know even even um as they're at the beginning of that performance against the Ravens, the first couple of drives, like they settled for a field goal, they kicked, which is like, that's becoming the Zach Taylor special, like kick a short field goal. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, running a little bit, it, you know, in the red zone, everything like that. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be the same old Bengals. But then they opened that bad boy up uh, from then on. Basically when once Baltimore scored, then they just started ripping it. Uh, the Bengals actually ranked fourth in neutral pass rate last week over the previous the previous game since their bye, they were 16th. So I think this game, it's weird that like they play this way whenever they play the Ravens. And and like, what do we have to do to get the Bengals to play this way every single week? Because this is where the offense can really come alive. I think we talked about on last week's show, kind of the concern 
uh, about these guys uh, from a pass catching perspective because the volume was so low. Not when they play like this, though. And the Ravens are the are turning into the league's premier pass funnel uh, defense in DVOA, 30th against the pass, sixth against the run. So it makes sense they picked the right team to do it. But it was felt like something extra there with Burrow throwing even with the lead late. But fourth most passing yards ever. Um, it was uh, very impressive. I'm a little annoyed. I wrote uh, extensively about T. Higgins and noted how he's doing so well at home. Ended up having to face him in a, in a semifinal matchup. Didn't use him in DFS like I should have in DFS. It was right there for the taking. Uh, Burrow, yeah, big game. That's that You want these matchups against the Ravens. That's why the Rams set up so nicely for Cup and Stafford to bounce back this week. I mean, Baltimore, so many injuries in that secondary, but obviously just so impressive. Burrow leads the NFL in YPA now. Yes, he has some, some picks and some sacks, but man coming off that major injury and uh just you see what would happen if they actually did unleash him and started throwing the ball uh, above uh average on a neutral pass rate because uh yeah those big numbers would follow t higgins chase and even boyd involved it was impressive it won people uh yeah a lot of money if you stacked uh, the Bengals last week i actually um in our ffl guru challenge which i have officially won by the way uh shout Congrats. out to me nice. I, I am nice. i am the 2021 season winner uh but I actually went into last week. I played Burrow, which was great because I had like a 60 point lead. I probably was going to win unless I absolutely blew it. But I did play Burrow at quarterback unstacked because I was concerned about picking the wrong guy or whatever. And also, again, I had a 60 point lead. I was like, well, I'll just I, I don't need to go for an upside stack or something like that. Like, I, I don't want to have one of my receivers put up a dud. None of them did, obviously. <laughs> but because, again, that's that's what this Bengals offense can be um, when they're playing in this way. And um, I don't know, man, do you, do you have a lean between like the like with Chase and Higgins right now? I mean, they're from a volume perspective, from like a season-long stats perspective they're actually like pretty similar but like if you were ranking for next year are you just like a hundred percent no doubt chase over higgins or or do you think it's closer than that so for the last like five weeks i've ranked them higgins one spot above chase i don't know i've just i don't know why i've, I've just been kept kept it that way is at a slightly higher target share when they've been on the field um, and Chase's fantasy points have greatly come from just that big TD binge early on. So I really do think Higgins is slightly safer week to week basis. Now, next year drafting, hmm, that's interesting. I'll probably see myself going more for Chase just feels like he has a higher ceiling. But that doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? On a weekly basis, I've been ranking Higgins one spot higher. But next year, ask me again if that makes any sense whatsoever. They're both great. And you love the fact that, that, that Burrow doesn't throw to the tight end. You know, it's pretty condensed, although obviously Boyd was more involved last week. Um, both can be highly valuable, especially hopefully the, the, maybe they're just being conservative with Burrow the one year following the major knee surgery. And they do open it up with more passing. Maybe Nick Mixon doesn't stay as healthy next year. So they're both going to eat. Um, honestly, it just feels like maybe it's the lazy way, but I'll probably end up ranking them back to back next year because it really does feel they might equal get their different ways um but um I, yeah i know that's a tough one very very close what, what do you say i mean you're gonna you're gonna grind the film and i'm gonna listen to you basically afterward is what's gonna happen so yeah you, yeah but uh before you go to the work over summer to what, what are you where are you leaning now <sighs> yeah it's tough uh i i definitely like i think yeah the, the correct answer is like check in with me in um you know july or something like that i'll have a real better sense of it but God, man, I, I just feel like T. Higgins is such an underrated player. Uh, and I, I think the thing that's so impressive about him, and, and he really showed it, I think, this last game against the Ravens. And I get it. The Ravens are rolling out like goofball cornerbacks, but that's not really the point. The guy gets vertical. He wins in the vertical game, not just from a contested catch standpoint, but, you know, those like deep out routes, uh, the, the, the deep in breakers, uh, even just a straight up nine route, like a go down the field, man, he's good in that area of the field. And I, I think that that's like one of the areas that I was, I guess I was surprised to see from, which is maybe silly because he was a good deep threat in college, but I thought he would be like more of a classic number two possession receiver in the NFL. He's anything but that. Like, I think this legitimately could be a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin type of situation where it's like really who like gives a damn which one right. you, like you can see, <laughs> right? Like that might be that honestly, Dalton, that might be the right answer because there's always some like weird, you know, a couple weirdos like pop up on fantasy Twitter that want to argue about Mike Evans versus Chris Godwin when like the correct answer is just He's both draft them both. Uh, I feel like the uh, Higgins and Chase thing might be just trending towards that direction. 
Yeah, that was so impressive. Higgins high pointed that deep ball with multiple guys on him uh, last week. You know, Sean Siegel, one of the sharpest people in the industry, he invented zero RB uh, before the season. Said that Higgins was would be basically worth a second round fantasy pick, and I, I, my eyes open. That seemed like a stretch with Chase yeah. going there, and especially the first month. Obviously, he knew the cost wasn't that on ADP, but I get it now. I see it. I mean, moving yeah, forward, yeah, yeah. he he does look like a star in the making, and the Rotoviz is very good at looking at college stats and, and how that's going to translate. So I see it. He looked like a I was going to say the new Ocho Cinco, but he's like three inches taller than, than Chad Johnson was. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, that's the thing I think people forget about. He's huge. Like, he's a big, yeah. big receiver. Yeah, no, I'm impressed with both. Uh, Bengals are set up. Boy, very few teams you can be more jealous of because you're just set up at quarterback and now those weapons. Uh, yeah, it's oh, uh, gosh, yeah. it's an exciting future for the Bengals for sure. You mentioned um, that Joe Burrow, obviously, he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He leads the NFL in interceptions. I feel like... Burroughs had some really bad interception luck in in like the you know a lot of these guys like get lucky they throw a bunch of turnover worthy throws they don't get picked off he's been like the opposite of that same thing with pressures too I mean the line is still a problem you know that that's something that it could show up for them at, at some point in the playoffs like for example you know PFF has like a stat where they assign you know fault to like who has given up the pressure and you know you could take issue with that if you want to but um you know Patrick Mahomes for example leads the NFL with 23% of his pressures are are his fault Trevor Lawrence is up there at 20% Davis Mills rookie quarterback up there at 21% uh Kyler Murray Dak Prescott those guys are above 19% Joe Burrow 9.8% of his pressures are his fault. That's very low. Actually, funny, the sec- uh, one of the lowest quarterback, lowest percentage of his pressures that are actually his fault, Ryan Tannehill, the second most sacked quarterback. It's just 3 3.8% of his pressures pro football focus says uh, are his fault, which leads me to my next stat here. If that wasn't a stat, that was a stat, but th- here's another Titan stat. AJ Brown dude. A.J. Brown, what a superstar. 77% share of the Titans' air yards against your 49ers last week, Dalton. A.J. Brown is such a monster. I think he legit, like, it was easy to see last week. Even if Ryan Tannehill still, again, didn't hit a huge fantasy ceiling, you know, still shows up with, uh, or, yeah, Ryan Tannehill doesn't hit a huge fantasy ceiling, but, like, it was just so easy to see the difference in this passing attack with and without A.J. Brown because he really is that good. The guy didn't even have like a, a catch in the first quarter, I think. It was all basically later on in the game. One final note I want to say on Burrow is he's also doing it in a tough like defensive division outdoors. Yes, the Ravens have yeah, injuries true. in the secondary, but I mean, you know, Cleveland four to- Cleveland and Pittsburgh four times playing outdoors at home. I mean, I don't know. He just he just looks like he's going to be a, a star. Um, and speaking of star, yeah, A.J. Brown, uh, that 77% uh, share of the air yards led him to be the number one in weighted opportunity rating. Uh, Ambry Thomas, my rookie uh, cornerback in the Niners, was just picked on. Um, as has Poor he guy. been uh, frequently, <laughs> but man, Julio Jones is just nowhere to be found. Obviously, the uh, Derrick Henry gone, so uh, AJ Brown is ranking him as an easy top ten, if not top five, fantasy wideout when he's out there. Um, he's going to always be an injury problem, and this week a much tougher matchup against Miami um, than the rookie Thomas. But boy, that was impressive in prime time, and he single handedly won that game. I mean, without without AJ Brown, I feel like the Niners easily you know win that game, and AJ Brown really was the difference right there. Having him on the field versus not was 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 stark. Which makes sense, right? Because, again, you mentioned Julio, even when he's been active, has been like a super big injury risk. He's not really been a factor in the offense. And then they're throwing a, like, Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and, like, fringe roster talents, you know? So it makes sense why Ryan Tannehill has been one of the most disappointing quarterbacks in the NFL um, this season in fantasy. If you are, like, streaming quarterbacks, though, any interest in Tannehill in, in Week 17 or, you know, too tough of a matchup against the Dolphins who have legitimately been great? No, they've been really good defensively. You can aim higher. No, I have him as my 25th. No, I like a lot of other sleepers. No, I would aim. Yeah, no, I don't like Tannehill this week. No, although obviously AJ Brown makes him more palatable if you need to use him in super flex. But um, yeah, it'd be real rough without. But no, Dolphins are flying around, man. Playing really good. Playing really well on defense. This Dolphins turnaround is crazy. They're, they're the only NFL team that's lost seven in a row and then won seven in a row. And still somehow it feels like they're not committed to their quarterback. Like it's so, that is so we're at a point now where I, I just can't almost understand the Tua thing. Like, and you know, it's their fault that they get asked these questions. It's their fault that there is so much speculation about the, about Tua because uh, I mean, you, you obviously there are all the reports that got out about the owner wanting to figure out a way to get to Sean Watts at the trade deadline. It obviously didn't work out. You know, this is basically all their fault, but 
I don't know what they do. Like, I feel like they just have to go. They should go into next season, like, and actually try to figure it out with Tua, who has such a great connection with Jalen Waddle, too. Who, oh, how yeah. good is Jalen Waddle, man? Yeah. Tua can be sloppy at times, the throws and the fumbles, but I'm definitely yeah. in as far as uh, future looks bright. Definitely, I would not give giving up on him by any stretch. One thing to note with this, with this win streak, it's just been a crazy run, pure run against, uh, like, backup quarterbacks for oh, the Miami yeah. defense. But they're still really dominating them. I think mean, sixth in past defense DVOA playing really well. Once they got healthy, I mean, it makes sense. They have some big names in their secondary. So uh, yeah, no, I would, I would try to aim higher for Tan Hill, but man, you could, you're, you're starting AJ Brown, no matter the matchup. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like the, with Tua, he probably levels out as like a, a low end starter, high end backup. I feel like that's, yeah, that's fair, fair to say, but, yeah. but still, I mean, just ride out the rookie contract with him, you know, I, I think at least and try to just build up a great roster. And then maybe you let him roll at the end of it. You know, you let him walk at the end of it or something like that. But it just seems kind of crazy to go and like blast a bunch of resources at somebody else. And it would be nice to see what he would have been able to do with Will Fuller, if not for the world's worst finger injury. You know, I mean, the plan was to have a deep threat to go with the waddle underneath. You know, I mean, that was the plan. And then Parker, like, it's a really nice setup. Those three really complement each other well, at least on paper. So that, you know, it would have been nice to see Fuller, even for even a, a month of him. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened. Yeah, uh, they're, they're obviously running such like a, a cookie cutter um, cartoon offense there with how much RPO stuff they do. Uh, but God, I mean, Waddle, I think can be can be unleashed a lot more than what he's done so far, and he's just like a, such a good player, man. I, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. just I'm really really a big fan of his. Uh, all right, we talked about AJ Brown. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown had 58 percent target share in Week 16. The like, if you the only other guy who did anything was like Cyril Grayson. That's the guy's name, right? Like uh, he had like a long catch, but that's it. The passing game was almost entirely Antonio Brown. For week 16 with the Bucks, obviously, uh, Mike Evans, you know, he went on the COVID list. He could get off the COVID list with the new protocols. He, he was still he's got an injury he's dealing with as well. Man, I mean, Antonio Brown, like how high do you rank this guy in, in your wide receiver rankings in week uh, 17 against the Jets, bro? The Jets. He was number two in Whopper when I said A.J. Brown was one. 15 targets on 26 routes. I have him ranked fifth this week but i could see moving him higher <laughs> i mean it doesn't sound like evans obviously not godwin are returning so i mean the uh, i don't know maybe they get a big lead and 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 zach wilson's unable to score at all and they don't have to pass but man i mean you, yeah with those targets you could rank antonio brown first this week i mean you know a, a hall of famer getting those targets from from brady i mean that was coming off a long layoff too with covid and the injury right so or, or the, the, the so yeah antonio brown in this matchup with those targets you know with the Again, with the other injuries, the wide receiver sideline in Tampa, yeah, go ahead and, and fire up Brown. And he remains totally affordable, too, in, in DFS. It was uh, yep. 28 I was going to say bucks. 28 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which is a $5 increase from where he was at last week at 23 but I still feel like pretty solid value there. You know, A.J. Brown, who we talked about, is 31 bucks in a much tougher matchup. Uh, yeah, Antonio Brown, 28 bucks Daily Fantasy. Hey, how about your guy Ronald Jones, though? Speaking of Buccaneers, how about how about your guy Ronald Jones? Still just twenty four yeah. bucks in our daily yeah. game against yeah. the, the best the best matchup in in the league for running backs. Couldn't help myself. Wrote him up again, of course. Foundational piece. Even though last week he a dropped a touchdown, and then he was totally dominating the work. Runs off the field for one breather, and then Keyshawn Vaughn takes it, houses it. The first breather. People, my friends, I was talking about. Was like, what are you doing, Vaughn? I'm like. It, it, Jones is getting so much work. He had to be off the field because he was tired. And this guy took the one. But that's just the story of his career. It's just funny. One disappointment after another. But of course, I'm back in for a matchup with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, listen, at 24 bucks, like you can sign you can sign us all up for that. The workload was there too. 20 carries. Obviously, he was Keyshawn 12th Vaughn. in PPR. He finished yeah. 12th in PPR, even with a drop oh, yeah. touchdown. And the Keyshawn Vaughn still in a touchdown. He was still number 12. So it's still, you know, he was yeah, fine. Yeah. Listen, listen, nobody should be complaining one bit about uh, what they got out of Ronald Jones. The Keyshawn Vaughn thing was just tilting because it was so early too. you know, like, oh, yeah. and, and Ronald Jones is just like, uh, uh, anything that can happen will happen to Ronald totally. Jones type of guy, you know, 100%. so that was very, yeah, that was very tilting, but uh, definitely Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones. Those guys will be in championship lineups this week. That is for sure. How about Trey Lance? Will Trey Lance be in, um, in championship lineups? And I think the one thing, listen, um, you know, the Niners better than almost anybody out there, Dalton. How much credence do you give this Kyle Shanahan thing about like, oh, uh, he, Jimmy G might play on Sunday. He might he might play. 
I guess not much now. He didn't look like he, he much came from practice this time uh, today. Fantasy points, our guy, our PT Edwin, he says if it's a grade three sprain, there's no way he's playing. Um, so they just brought someone up from the practice squad or signed a quarterback. So Tyler Bray, I believe. So signs are pointing oh, to Trey geez. Lance. I don't know why, um, why exactly why Shanahan's trying to this gamesmanship, but it, it, maybe he really does want holding out hope for Jimmy G. But he did return and throw that touchdown on the final drive with the thumb injury but it sounds like it's significant and it tore something off the bone so uh get ready for for trey lance i mean i'm excited uh fantasy wise just the running he's uh, reportedly been uh, impressed uh recovered from that finger injury he suffered uh in the arizona game and then the knee sprain but who knows obviously he's so raw and just looked like uh you know just totally uh uh, n- uh, not quite ready as far as the passer the last time we saw him but uh, man it'll be fun fantasy wise given his uh his rushing his rushing upside yeah, like you mentioned, the rushing upside is huge. Yeah, he actually averages 3.8 yards after contact per attempt. Uh, the quarterbacks that are in that, like, ecosystem there, Josh Allen, 3.5, Taysom Hill, quarterback adjacent Taysom Hill, 3.9, Cam Newton, 3.4, actually Justin Fields, 3.7 as well. Listen, that is the type of uh, rushing upside. You know, I did uh, for survive the survival kit video this week. I did like, you know, New Year's resolutions that people had about like, you know, for fantasy football. One of them is I'm never drafting like rookie quarterbacks ever again. Uh, and God, it does feel bad that we all like hyped up. You got to get for QB two and best ball. You got to get Trey Lance. You got to get Justin Fields, like fight other people to get those guys. But this is why we were so excited about Trey Lance. Now, that being said, uh, with Trey Lance, if he's starting, obviously, I think you're very tempted to start him against a Texans run defense that's been trash. Um, Elijah Mitchell might come back. He he he's potentially he was I think he got a limited practice in on Wednesday, right? Like you know he could come back for this game against a bad run defense. But what about the pass catchers? What about Debo? What about Ayuk? What about Kittle? Because last time we saw, listen, this offense was very different last time we saw them. You know, with, with Trey Lance starting, but this has kind of been the thing we were all scared of all years. Like, does the volume floor bottom out? with Trey Lance back there. And the Niners have a tendency to be very, very slow paced. But I would counter and say Davis Mills, the detective, is playing well. I could see this going to a shootout. He could take advantage of the 49ers' leaky secondary. I could see this going to back and forth here. Yes. Come on, man. You're too old to watch the movie Seven. Come on now. Come on now, Uh, Matt. Um, Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. I have have Lance ranked as my eighth fantasy QB this week just because of the running, man. I think that that, that, maybe if I'm I'm too aggressive, then he should be 12th. He should be starting for everyone, given. Given his rushing ability, it's just a cheat code. If Taysom Hill can put up those constantly, uh, I think I think Lance can with weapons of Debo and Ayuk and Kittle all healthy, um, you know, and Trent Williams healthy. I mean, I, I do like the setup for him if he's starting here. Uh, fire him up. It doesn't have to be a super flex league. I think right away there's good fantasy upside. And in DFS, he's the minimum in Yahoo. So, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. the only counter there is like he just if you're in a tournament, and maybe he'll be too too highly rostered because why would you not? I mean, the setup is is so good there. But I don't know what it means for the pass catchers. Uh, but I would still start start all three of them because Ayuk, uh, you know, he's still a top thirty uh, receiver even with the uncertainty. And and some people would say Trey Lance has a stronger arm and maybe they'll go more downfield. And obviously Debo gets rushes uh, and, and and Kittle coming off a quieter game. You know, you're still obviously firing him up. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens here. And what, what's going to end up happening is uh, going back to a busted Garoppolo out there, uh, Shanahan will end up, and then disappointing all, all fantasy managers who are finally excited after waiting all year for this to finally happen. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 14 since he was let out of the doghouse in week uh, post-week eight. So we love to see that. Uh, you know, I think it's funny. You're right. There, no matter what, you watch this offense with Jimmy G, and as as efficient as Jimmy G is, and like an EPA per play perspective, you're just like, oh my god, there's so much meat left on the bone. You know, it's just there's nothing deep outside the numbers, not at all. Uh, I'm really hoping Trey Lance gets to be that guy, uh, probably next year, but potentially even this year. I mean, I'm really hoping he is the Patrick Mahomes of Jimmy G's like low grade Alex Smith. And, you know, maybe he's the low grade Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say very, very low grade. Cause like that, that's just being conservative about it. But man, I mean, apparently, apparently Trey Lance had his best month of practice. So there is that. 
Yeah. Hey, the year after they sat Alex Smith, didn't Mahomes immediately win the MVP? That's so yeah, Lance for an MVP next year. Um, yeah, I know it's going to be exciting. No one knows what what's what uh what to expect. Very very important fantasy wise, though, is what happens in that backfield. You alluded to it because I think one consequence is I have a feeling the 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 C's going to part with the lanes for the rushing attack when Lance takes over for these running backs. Uh, let alone against yeah, a yeah. bad run D like Houston. So um, if Elijah Mitchell you know comes back, it, it really will muddy it because you figure he's probably not going to get all the work right away. But if he sits another week, even if Trey Sermon returns, which it sounds like he might, I would expect to have another heavy Who? dose of, 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 I know, right. I'd expect another heavy dose of, uh, of Jeff Wilson if Mitchell sits. But if Mitchell comes back, then it's, it's anyone guess of how the, the carries will get doled out immediately. But man, I think Trey Lance secretly could also really, really, really be a benefit for the running backs, even if he does steal some goal line scores. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, it's going it, to, it, Kyle Shanahan will have a lot of fun when he fully decides to like go t- full bar towards this offense, but we'll see when uh, that happens. If it is this Sunday, it should be fun to watch. Let's stick in the NFC West. And I wanted to dive in on this one a little bit. I saw this uh, stat come through the timeline just actually while I was doing my prep for the pod, Josh Weinfuss from ESPN covers the Cardinals uh, reports. This cliff Kingsbury has a history of second half slumps, not just with the Cardinals, but actually dating back to his first year at Texas tech. His teams have been very good in the first seven games, but then they fall off. The Cardinals are 15, five and one in games one through seven under Kingsbury, but eight and 18, the rest of the season, uh, Kyler Murray, by the way, this does not, this is nothing to do you know, with his, uh, like Kyler Murray missing the last few games or whatever, this has been uh, a trend. The last three years with Kyler Murray uh and then even dating back to Texas Tech 27 and 15 in the first seven games eight and 25 uh in the final games so Dalton what is the deal with the Cardinals they're they've fallen off hard this year in the last four games Kyler Murray 6.9 yards per attempt four touchdowns three interceptions as a passer just south of 63 percent completion rate over the last four games as well yeah, I mean, what, what's the deal with the Cardinals and, and where are we at with them from a fantasy perspective? And what is the deal with Cliff Kingsbury as a uh, second half coach? Yeah, I saw another person draw a direct line to their defense this year before the J.J. Watt injury and afterward. They've been below average uh, EPA per play ever since he went down. Maybe the Kyler Murray is just you draft a smaller quarterback and they're inevitably going to get banged up in the second halves of seasons. They're going to be playing uh, injured and it maybe affects his, his mobility. I don't know. You're not going to get any, me to defend Cliff Kingsbury here. I mean, it cost me my $6 million survivor. <laughs> I'm watching him kick short field goals oh, God, against the yeah, Lions when the Lions are going for it on fourth down. And they're they're in trouble here playing in, in Dallas, too, because Dallas Dallas is just ridiculous home road split. So good luck uh, beating Dallas in Dallas too. So the Cardinals are uh, not a dangerous team to go deep in the postseason right now. I think coaching is a real question mark there. So yeah, I mean, could they really miss uh, DeAndre Hopkins that much this passing attack? Um, James Conner is now a question mark, a game time decision. I mean, he also Kingsbury, he's the the winner of game time decisions too. I mean, fantasy managers don't love him either. So yeah, it's been been frustrating for uh, in the desert uh, always around here the second half of this season. I mean, look like the Murray was the MVP uh, favorite and they were the Super Bowl favorites and now uh, neither yeah I mean Kyler though over the same stretch that I mentioned those passing stats four touchdowns three interceptions he has the third most rushing yards among quarterbacks 7.9 yards per attempt two touchdowns as a rusher six fumbles yeah, though. So that, six fumbles in that yeah no, so, that, I mean, like, that, yeah he's healthy enough to run yeah it hurts my, my theory there yeah but I'm not sure it actually does hurt your theory though like from the injury perspective sure he's healthy enough to run but you know We've seen guys, even if it's not like the direct line that you'd think of, for example, Dak Prescott and the calf injury, that was like something that was clearly bothering him. And like, obviously you'd think like, oh, he's got a calf injury. He's not like going to be as athletic, but it was clearly affecting his his accuracy, his ability, his comfortability as a passer. Same thing with much worse quarterback here. But Baker Mayfield, when he had the left shoulder injury, folks are like, oh, well, this is not a throwing shoulder. Who gives a damn? But like that affects your process and everything like that, your comfortability. And this is two seasons in a row. Is it three seasons in a row? It's definitely two seasons in a row of, of Murray sustaining some kind of injury in the middle of the season and obviously smaller frame guy we know that sustaining an injury in the middle of the season and then just completely kind of falling off the map in the second half of the season and I think the peak at the beginning and the valley at the end actually might be even more stark than the peak of last year and the valley of last year 
Yeah, I know this offense is in a problem when your leader in targets is Zach Ertz. I mean, he had 24 targets Not what the want. last two weeks to Zach Ertz. We thought he was busted on an Eagles team. Now suddenly he's leading the target on this Arizona team that was thought of as the best in the conference a couple months ago. I mean, it's pretty wild there. So, yeah, it's not, not ideal heading into the playoff run there. And like I said, good luck playing in Dallas. Exactly. I mean, and that that's the thing, too. Is there any Cardinal? Let's assume that James Conner, um, you know, is going to play, right? Like, let's assume he plays. Let's assume he plays. He's, then the backfield split. Like, I think we know that when one guy's out, like, you 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 hammer in the other right. guy, right? But let's assume James Conner plays. He, he's out there. Obviously, no DeAndre Hopkins. Is there any Cardinal that you're comfortable playing in fantasy in this matchup against Dallas, which has absolutely been hunting on defense? Hopefully they get Rodney Hudson back. They missed him in their center. Um, no, yeah. not if Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm ranking him as a top 12 guy because of the rushing, as you said. Um, but probably lower than most. More, uh, I have him 10th this week, but not the others. I agree. You could yeah. do better in your fantasy championship as running back. I'll probably have Connor and Edmonds right around the 30, 31 range. But Connor is at risk of leaving mid game. I take the touchdowns so that they'd totally cannibalize each other's touches. So um, yeah, I, yeah, and, and Ertz is even questionable. Maybe in tight end because it's so thin and those targets. I take it back. Ertz, Ertz and Murray. But um, I believe uh, uh, Dallas has been especially tough against the slot too. So it's not ideal for Christian Kirk and AJ Green has not benefited at all from Hop. Hopkins' absence, it's been Wesley who's benefited, and Rondell Moore may not even play. So Ertz and Murray, but otherwise, uh, I would stay away from Arizona in your fantasy championship. Yeah, uh, as much as like we talked about Kyler Murray not playing well last week, Kyler Murray was the QB6 last week because he ran for 70-plus yards. So, uh, I mean, yeah, from a fantasy angle, if you played Kyler Murray all year long, I don't really think that you're going to go pick up like a streamer and, and and play him ahead of Kyler Murray this week. I think you just roll Kyler out there. But Unless like, his name's Trey Lance. I could. I mean, I honestly could see that. That's actually <laughs> close. But God, that Dallas defense, oh boy, man, it's healthy. So good. Wow, man, they're legit. Wow, that's that looks really yeah. yeah, They're They're good. They're legit. And how much of this do we think is like a Cliff Kingsbury thing, too? Because, I mean, their offense is still way too much like, oh, Kyler, go go save us. You know, Kyler, pull up, pull up uh, some, you know, magic play out of your uh, out of your backside or whatever. You know, it's it's not they they are pretty good. (laughs) They're pretty good rushing team. Like, I think they are always well designed as a rushing offense. Uh, Their running backs always seem to be put in a position to succeed, even if like Kenyon Drake last year, they do not succeed. Uh, but their passing game is just they're so static like you said they're not like okay let's figure out a way to now get christian kirk uh, you know into a position that it's like no they're throwing this wesley character out there in the deandre hopkins role and it's like that's not really what you want no not at all i um yeah watching them then they yeah yeah there was a must win in 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 against the colts and they just didn't really uh didn't really show i mean their their kicker was unprepared too i mean uh, they didn't their holder was misplaced there there were three misses and basically they they eschewed another uh red zone opportunity because of it so just yeah i'm i'm not going to back kingsbury it's really weird that he has shanahan's number and then shanahan seemingly has mcveigh's number but um yeah arizona's played really well against the niners this year but man uh, did not show up against uh what, what three straight games uh now and uh yeah again they're gonna suddenly turn it around in dallas could be a stretch but um yeah it's i don't know what to tell you kingsbury has been a disappointment at the nfl level nfc west weird ass division i mean just like this team owns this team but this team owns this team and this team's got this team's number it's very very strange and we'll stick in the nfc west uh sony michelle uh, has 60 gap runs all year. 33 of them have been the last four games. I thought this was interesting because I caught this note from, um, I think it was Charles Davis uh, calling the game uh, with the 49ers, or excuse me, the Rams and the Vikings last week. But um, he noted that with Sony Michelle taking over as the lead back, the Rams have actually gone to more of a gap style rushing uh, team. You know, they're more traditionally zone based, but I think that's a smart, this is actually kind of similar, I think to, you know, players are different, but this is actually kind of similar to at the end of the um, Super Bowl run. They didn't win the Super Bowl, but you know, run up to the Super Bowl. They started to play a lot more CJ Anderson and a lot more gap style rushing with CJ Anderson and now I feel like they're kind of turning that same thing over to Sony Michelle, you know, because that's just the the style of offense he runs in better is a gap rushing offense as opposed to Daryl Henderson. They've got him in the traditional Rams zone scheme. Daryl Henderson on IR now. He's hurt again. I was surprised, Dalton, by how many Sony Michelle questions I got last week. Uh, is like this guy or Sony Michelle? I'm like, play Sony Michelle, bro. Like, I think he has officially taken the job from Daryl Henderson even before Daryl Henderson got hurt. 
Sony Michelle was clearly running as the one a back. He had all five of the backfield touches uh, to start the first drive punches in an early touchdown. That was great to see. Uh, but now we've got Cam Akers, you know, activated off IR might play. Does that leave you any skeptical of Sony Michelle at all? I was going to say the same exact thing about questions last week. I got the most bizarre questions versus other running backs that have ranked 35 spots lower and a, more, yeah, you know, 100%. dozen of them. So I don't, I don't understand. There must've been other information out there that, cause I was beginning to question myself. Cause I'm like, what am I missing here? I don't, I yeah. don't know if there's yeah. a projections without there or what, but I, I think either he played 20 snaps or 20 touches before Henderson got his first touch. And obviously he's on the IR now, but Michelle had the most carries in the NFL last year. He is the lead feature back for the Rams. I mean, that's pretty valuable. Um, this matchup is not great at all against Baltimore. It's tough, but as we said last week, they're due for some rushing score regression, and they did get one last week. He did. So, I, um, yeah, I love, love Michelle as a feature back there. He keeps their, their offense on schedule, as McVeigh says, and it's clearly him at Akers. That's a modern mir- science miracle if he returns coming from a torn Achilles like that. I, I hope they don't rush him back. But, um, no, I'm not worried about him taking any meaningful carries from Michelle, certainly not this week. But I worry more about the matchup with the Ravens. But, um, yeah, Michelle's looked great, too. Don't forget he led the NFL in yards per touch last year. I know that it was a small sample, but um, and his knee could go Still. at any time. But I don't know. Michelle, he looks he's, – he's passed the eye test. He looks, he looks good, and he's the feature back on a McVay offense now QB'd by uh, Stafford. There's a lot of upside there. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Sony Michelle is going to take another 20 carries for 100-plus yards against the Ravens. Maybe he does, but matchup's not great. But the Ravens are 32nd in passing EPA the last four games. I mean, they are so banged up in the, uh, in the, in the cornerback area. They're so depleted there that, like, you know – the Rams, if we're optimistic about the Rams passing game, they may score know, 40 points. They more, yeah, they might score 40 points. Like, okay, Beckham catches a 30 yard bomb over the secondary, or Cooper Cup rips them up the seam in the middle of the field, but gets tackled at the five yard line. Well, we know who's coming in then. We, it's Sony Michelle. Like, I wouldn't overthink it. Like, we're starting all of our Rams, of course, in the passing game, but I think Sony Michelle is going to be ranked as a top 12 back this week as well. Yep, agree to have him as a top 12 back myself. Uh, yeah, even in a tougher matchup. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, obviously it's clear now that Henderson went on the IR, but I mean, man, if it was, uh, if you listen to the beat writers and McVeigh between the tea leaves, it was pointing that way anyway. But um, who knows if Michelle can withstand it or whatever, and who knows next year all bets are off with, with you know, Akers yeah. uh, returning. But but for now, Michelle looks like a Michelle, you have Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny, Trey Lance, pretty funny if you made it uh ronald jones uh it's pretty that sounds like a lot of my uh nffc teams actually uh the, but uh it's a uh, too bad it's more of a constellation uh type type year i, I guess but um it's been one of those years uh yeah i mean <laughs> it's it is very funny i i'm unfortunately like my my best dynasty team the one i really wanted to go the distance mike williams popped on the covid list forced us into some tough situations but sony michelle was like the best running back on that team i lost so many running backs all year and i was just so fortunate to have sony michelle unfortunately i got bounced last week it's so funny you look at like the consensus running back rankings here in week 17 top 20 guys ronald jones sony michelle uh friggin rashad penny you mentioned daryl williams you know, like these are the guys that are going to win you. And Justin uh, Jackson last week, if you wanted to grandfather him in, like these guys, he are was the a number one scoring back, yeah. number one scoring back last <laughs> week. Yes. Unbelievable. The like rando names at running back that have made it in here so far. All right. I wanted to talk about this one. It really doesn't have much to do with week 17. Who cares? Let me have my let me have my time here. Terry McLaurin leads the NFL in contested targets with 47. He has a 14.5 average depth of target. He only gets like he gets a decent amount of work from the slot, but he still has a 12.5 average depth of target from the slot. For example, guys like Cooper Cup are south of nine when they get targeted, like average depth of target out of the slot. I mean, the Terry McLaurin stuff is so frustrating. And I wanted to get kind of your opinion about it because I know you're a big Terry McLaurin fan, too. I feel like this season is really reminding me of the 2016 season for Allen Robinson when he was he's not schemed any touches. You know, they're all like vertical shots into contested situations against tight coverage on the outside. That was the deal with Allen Robinson in 2016. Obviously, like I think Washington's gotten better quarterback play than maybe Jacksonville did in 2016. They were starting their top five pick, but uh, we know how that goes. Uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, is not the guy we thought would be starting all year. The quarterback play has been a problem. And I think the biggest problem too, is that it is still McLaurin and nobody else out there. So I I think McLaurin, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like in the off season for Washington. That is kind of a a great unknown. I don't think they're going to Taylor Heineke might be in the mix, 
but I don't think he will be the answer, right? Like he will not be alone back there. Uh, and even if they don't go for a big swing, he might be in the mix, but I feel like Terry McLaurin will be like a screaming buy in dynasty this off season. But how do you feel about it? Yeah, it's been more like be wary of Terry. How do you not see more than eight targets since October 24th? That is just what's so frustrating to me. So I guess it's uh, so easy easy to take away. He's so so easy to be the top focus of defenses because Curtis Samuel hasn't been healthy. Logan Thomas is hurt again. Um, You know, also the offensive line has had like injuries and COVID issues. So there has been a a lot of pressure of late as well. Yeah. And they just don't, they just don't scheme him layup touches, which is very frustrating. Ask me again in August because it will come down to the obvious answer of just who's quarterbacking next year. Because at this point, it's clear, clearly it matters to him. And I'd like to see yeah. a better upgrade than let's hope to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick can stay healthy for once at his age. In hindsight, I guess that didn't look like the best plan. And Curtis Samuel. But um, yeah, I, lo- I love uh, uh, Terry, the player. He's awesome. And I, I hope he gets a, a big upgrade at quarterback. And I'll be all in. I'm with you. If it discounts his ADP next year, I'll be totally all over him. Because I, I believe talent-wise, he's right there in, you know, whatever the top 10-ish range of real-life receivers. I agree, man. It's just like a shame the way this season has ended for him because he's had his moments this year, but the last, like, month-plus that you said is, is pretty rough. I, I could see them... I, I could see them making the big swing for, like, a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers type. I feel like... By the way, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Like, I, I don't know. That just seems the way that's trending. Uh, but, like, Russell Wilson, if, if he's going to get out of... Um, I still have this feeling that like Russell Wilson's going to be a giant and, and Daniel Jones is going to be part of the package that goes back to Seattle and like, oh, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that, uh, Seahawks fans. But uh, yeah, I, I think Russell Wilson could be a contention. They did. They were involved in the Matthew Stafford discussion, but it was just like, oh, man, am I going to go to Washington or am I going to go to L.A. and like play with Sean McVay? A pretty obvious choice there. Yeah. Where's Jimmy going to end up? Carolina, maybe Washington. Oh, you'll be um no, let me tell you, he'll be the Panthers starter next year. He'll Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, will be he will be yeah. the Panthers starter next year, and then he'll be in a two QB committee with um, Sam Darnold, <laughs> who's still going to be on the roster. The Panthers, yeah. Jesus, God, yeah, God. Yeah. no doubt. But yeah, no, I don't know where they're going to go, Washington. But um, yeah, that that'll be the, the obviously the key to his to his fantasy value entering next year. Jimmy G actually wouldn't be. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, it's just. The Jimmy thing, you just know he's so he's so limited and won't push the ball deep outside the numbers. And obviously, like that has hurt a guy like Brandon Ayuk, where that's more of his where his skill set lies. And Terry can do all those things, but God, I mean, just keeping the offense on schedule, you know, with Jimmy would be would be pretty clutch. But that's a pretty different offensive system than the Shanahan style as well. So I don't know. I, I could see them being involved in the Jimmy G mix. I feel like that's probably more likely than Russell Wilson or something like some big fish going to uh going to Washington. But, Interesting uh, to note, though, is that that means that he basically that's a, a, a reflection, poor reflection of quarterbacking, right? If he leads the league and contested, that just means he's dealing with uh, he's dealing with poor throws more, yeah. right? I mean, all his yeah. start. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, for sure. By a huge gap, too. Yeah. By a huge gap. There, he's like a ten, I think it's a 10 catch, like 10 contested target jump from him to second place. Oh, wow. You know, like Mike Williams is like 35. It, it, nice you know, when the numbers crazy. back up you know what you think you know what what makes sense too so that's uh good, good to know interesting i didn't know it was that that stark but it totally makes sense yeah it's pretty it's pretty rough for old terry mclaurin but uh anyways last thing i wanted to discuss here you mentioned the panthers <laughs> panthers and saints have the so- second lowest projected total of the week um shockingly the bears and giants have the second have the lowest projected total of the week um the panthers and saints rank 31st and 32nd respectively in offensive epa since week 13 dalton sam darnold is starting again for the panthers is there a single player in this game that you are going to play in fantasy this week Okay, I'm going to throw out a sleeper at you, and this is a stretch, but it's a sleeper here. Nick Underhill tweeted that Marquez Callaway has turned the corner the last two weeks. He was second in air yards uh, team share percentage last week. Taysom Hill is going back to QB. Traquan Smith's questionable. Deontay Harris and Troutman, all tight ends are all on the COVID list. So Callaway, even though Carolina's strength is their secondary, my deep, deep sleeper is Marquez Callaway. But yeah, it would be it would take a leap of faith it's to like start him in the fantasy championship. Again. Yeah, right. Yeah, those are drafted. Another one, exactly. Another one who disappointed in your fantasy regular season, only to be uh, here at the very end. But that is a you asked for a you know a real a real deep one. There's that. But that Taysom Hill, uh, right before we started recording, uh, looks like he's going to get the start. So just because of his rush ability absolutely he's a top 15 fantasy qb 
No, hmm. <laughs> no. Ian Book was uh, quite the experience. That was a that was a rough one. Uh, that was a rough one uh, Monday night. But uh, no, I, I would go back to Taysom Hill just because of his 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 rushing. But I understand your your apprehension. My apprehension. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> last time we saw Taysom Hill start a game, they scored what nine points. Yeah, and he still was. What? what where did he finish fantasy? That was it. Uh, was it? That I think bad? he had I like. Know. I think he had fifteen fifteen points in fantasy, yeah. something like yeah, that. It's yeah, ugly. I, can, I, can I hear look you. it up as it's ugly. I mean, I hear you. yeah. So. Taysom Hill against the Bucks was QB 26, yeah, 9.9 points. That was an ugly one. Uh, it's off. I mean, but the Bucks obviously like can stop the run. That's the that's the deal with uh, with Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara. I mean, obviously you're gonna probably Kamara though has been been pretty rough the last couple of weeks. Pretty rough. Their offensive line is getting healthier. Uh, their home favorites, uh, what seven point home favorites? Uh, but yeah, the whole front escapes thirty eight points. You know, you're not too excited uh, firing up a ton of a uh, ton of fantasy guys in, in this in this matchup. It's ugly one, but sounds like Sam Darnold's going to get the start. That's going to be rough. Um, I'll tell you, who I'm excited. I'm excited to start is uh, the Saints fantasy defense. I am excited to fire them. Yes. Up. Oh yeah, there you go. There, there's the play from that game. It's the Saints fantasy defense. We love to see that. Uh, all right, Dalton. I think that's gonna do it for anything else you wanna you wanna end. So we don't end the podcast on talking about the Saints and Panthers. Anything else you got? No, it's cool. It's fitting that this really is a, the last pod. A good, good pod with you all year. It's fitting Trey Lance time. Let's go. Let's go. Wheels up. Let's go. Trey Lance firing up in your fantasy uh, championship before without you know uh, seeing him start one time all year long. Let's do it. There you go. I mean, there was um, a couple of folks who posited the theory that actually did the Jimmy G Alex Smith like connection wouldn't be Jimmy G's Alex Smith of the Chiefs he would actually be Jimmy G Alex Smith of the 49ers who was replaced late in the season for rookie or second year was it rookie second year player Colin Kaepernick that's right maybe that's what actually happens here Trey Lance comes in dominates the Texans and then we get like a crazy playoff run to the Super Bowl from Trey yeah. Lance I take back to back championship appearances and 500 yards against the Packers in a playoff game. I would take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you, could you imagine? Uh, I mean, literally though, like there's, if there's a path that the 49ers end up playing the Packers in the postseason, and like, Oh no, we've got a mobile quarterback against the Packers. They couldn't solve Tyler Huntley a couple of weeks ago. You know, this will be like history repeats itself. Oh, I will fly to Lambeau if that happens. If Trey Lance is starting a game in Lambeau, I guarantee you I will, I will fly there if it's by myself. It isn't Barron's and, and Jason live close enough to that area. We go to a, yeah, I, I, I will definitely be there if that happens. But uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The Niners are suddenly in very peril of even making the playoffs after dropping that one to the Titans, man. I mean, it's funny. I was rooting hard for the Dolphins. Do you know that the Niners would have had, the, even though they had the tiebreaker over the, the, the Eagles, they would have lost a three-way tie because it, the, then suddenly it goes to like some weird things so that would have been frustrating even though winning the head-to-head they would have lost the t- uh, three-way tiebreaker there in the nfc so um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens here and of course like i said after all this talk uh shanahan's just you know he's going back to, to a bus to jimmy g <laughs> oh yeah 100 that's actually what's gonna happen uh all right man well this has been yeah very fitting our last stat nerd of course, podcast yes, yeah. uh what, right. but i do believe we are we're gonna be together next week in one way or another uh, oh, cool. on the podcast so we'll revisit the whole train lance thing then but anyways uh that is going to do it for us there's no thursday night football game for us to preview so uh in the meantime just make sure you follow me on twitter at matt Harmon underscore byb and follow dalton at dalton del don if you want fantasy analysis and news updates from the rest of the great team we have here give a follow to at yahoo fantasy dalton's going to be back on the podcast tomorrow with a preview of sunday's nfl games with liz loza i'm sure there will be more trey lance talk to get excited until then we are out